0: It's a good hockey podcast.
1: night was july 21st we're recording this on thursday july 22nd
0: At about 4 p.m
1: that's how math and dates and time works right i think
0: so something like that right
1: it's actually not 4 p.m it's 3 52
0: pretty close i said about
1: all right i'll give it to you we're looking at the cn tower and we're thankful that most of the leafs roster is still on the team
0: yeah yeah, very thankful that Kerfoot's still around. Actually,
1: I guess, man, like when we got McCann, that was pretty exciting, especially that we got him for peanuts.
0: Mm-hmm. And I liked That's his true.
1: contract, and I liked that he was a really good player for Pittsburgh on in the their top line. six, in their in their middle six, in their second. Of, yeah, but he moved up to the second yeah. line when Malkin was hurt, and he was playing top power play minutes. And he was getting a lot of points. I think he was the passer guy. I'm not entirely sure. But it was I had him, a career year for him. It was a career year. I had him in fantasy for a little bit. I was streaming him. He was good to have. So I was excited to have him. More excited to have Kerfoot.
0: I I also was more excited initially, or when I was looking at his numbers and kind of looking at what people were saying about McCann, I was very excited for him. And I thought, oh, OK, Seattle takes Kerfoot. Perfect. We have McCann there. Yeah i've never i don't know I, I didn't really watch him play i'm just looking at numbers and reviews and i don't know maybe i was just a little excited that he was here but we never saw how he fit on the team or anything so i'm also not too upset about about him going in the draft over kerfoot the only thing is that he is a true like third line checking center and we need someone like that right on the leafs
1: right we don't have someone like that we're still missing that, quote, killer instinct that Brendan Shanahan talked about at the end of this year's mm-hmm. unfortunate playoff loss, which is our fifth consecutive first round exit. Yeah. Uh, that's only if you include the 2020 season when technically we didn't even make the playoffs. Yep. When we lost to Columbus in the five game Play series in. for the bubble. So, regardless, this isn't an episode about the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is an episode about the Seattle Kraken. They are officially an NHL team. They have a roster. They have a general manager. They are looking interesting? Yeah. Uh, When you think about... And I say interesting because when you look at the list of players available...
0: And some of these choices. Compared to
1: the choices... It's it's confusing. Maybe uh, some of these signings are really great. I love the Adam Larson signing. I can't believe they managed to pick him up like that. And you know, I would have loved if the Leafs could have got that. Again, this isn't
0: It's about Seattle.
1: Um, but they they didn't really pick any of the superstars that you that we were thinking they may have picked, such as. Landis or... Oh, my. Tarasenko. Tarasenko. Or...
0: Van Reemsdyke and Voracek, neither of them. Exactly. I, I would have seen uh, Van Reemsdyke before Voracek, but they didn't pick him up. Or they Kerry went Price? They went instead with Carson Twanarski. Or Twan... I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. I have never heard of him before.
1: Right. So why, Charlie? Why is Seattle going this route? Why are they ignoring the superstars? Why aren't they picking up the big contracts for the big players? Like the Carey Price is at 10 mil, the Tarasenko's at 7.5, which really doesn't seem that bad to him, and the Voraceks at the 8. Or the the JVR is at the 7 At
0: 7, exactly. Why aren't they
1: going for these guys?
0: Uh, I... The flat cap is going to stay where it is for at least the next two seasons, I believe, before Gary Bettman and the NHL look to increase that. I think I read something along those lines. I'm not 100%, but I'm sure that Seattle is worried about taking some of these risky players on three or four year deals who are either 30 in their 30s or pushing 30, uh, making seven to eight and a half to ten and a half million a year. And having those guys just not work with the team and not being able to flip them. You know, Tarasenko, he's supposedly fully ready and healed to go from his shoulder injury. What if he shows up in Seattle and he's terrible? And then they have to pay him seven and a half or four more years, but they can't ship him out because he's not getting goals or points, right? That, just the theory, but it, it seems insane that they wouldn't have even taken one risk, right? The only big one was Giordano and he's only got one more year.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really seem like a risk. He still is he's still competent. I don't, I understand what you're saying. I don't get why they don't think they could have been flipped. Because a lot of the players that were exposed, wanted, the teams that exposed them, wanted those players. Mm-hmm. So let's say instead of Kale Fleury, Seattle picks Carey Price From Montreal And now Carey Price uh, Montreal goes Fuck Marc Bergevin is Goes fuck Everyone in Montreal Goes fuck And fuck Mark Bergevin this <laughs> Okay And then Ron Francis In Seattle goes I've got Carey Price Bergevin I'll give him back To you But you need to Give me Cale Fleury And a first Yeah You're telling me that like there would have been a lot of pressure for him to say yes. You Uh would have got something in excess. So I don't I don't really understand that pick for that reason. Uh, But it seems that Seattle was avoiding the superstars for these reasons that you listed. They are worried about having investments in players who are injured or have a history of injuries such as Tarasenko yep they were worried about guys who were making big deals for a long time who might be petering off due to age maybe voracek Gary price who can't really play volume anymore
0: jvr who had a great start to 2020 2021 and then really fell off a cliff in terms of scoring i think he was leading the league like 18 games in with 12 goals or something stupid and then finished the year with 18 goals
1: So, it seems that the Kraken are valuing physicality and character. This is a message from the team. Let's come together. Let's play hard for one another. And let's play hard for the city of Seattle. That's from Coach Dave Hackstall. He says, We want to have a group of guys that know what it is to be a great teammate. Know what it is to be a competitive teammate and push one another to be their very best. We want to have a bunch of selfless guys in our locker room that know how to go out and play hard together and win together. So that quote makes me think about St. Louis from a few years back. Yep. Makes me think about the original Vegas Golden Knights team, which has since their original roster... Uh, shifted towards a much more skilled roster. They still yeah. have a lot of physicality and they're certainly defense based.
0: Definitely. But Vegas
1: has way more skilled players offensively skilled players um, snipers and playmakers than they did at the, in their first year when they went all the way to the conference final. Stanley Cup finals. Stanley Cup finals. And lost
0: to Washington, uh, a
1: very physical Washington team. Right? So Seattle. Under Barry Trotz under Barry Trotz so Seattle recognizes that physicality and character that is like team synergy is the most important thing to succeeding in the playoffs in this league that's the most important thing the regular season the volume games you just gotta get into the playoffs Think about the Montreal Canadiens this year. They were complete dog shit at the end of the regular season. Everyone thought it was a wash. No chance they're going to beat Toronto. And then they're just this gritty defensive team that will wear you down. They'll fucking injure your second line center, your captain, in the first game. Accidentally, but yep. Quote, accidentally. And then you're fucked. And if you have a team that can do those types of things you end up doing pretty well, because the Montreal Canadiens are certainly not a better team than the Toronto Maple Leafs, but evidently, they are a better team,
0: because they won.
1: They won.
0: Anyways, um, but like, like you said, character and physicality, looking at some of these names just at the bottom of the list of uh, Seattle's draft, you got Yanni Gord, Jared McCann, Mason Appleton, Brandon Tanev, Jordan Eberly all fairly physical guys. And then you got, you know, Yanni Gord is a lot of character. He just won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Brandon Tanev is known to be a character, a glue guy over in Pittsburgh. Everybody loves playing with him. He's a hype man. Jordan Eberle, he's a classic Canadian lifesaver in hockey. You know, everybody's counting on him for the big important goals. That is a huge pickup on Seattle, especially in the playoffs. I think all three of those guys are gonna have major impacts throughout the lineup. And Mason Appleton, he's a very young, upcoming winger. Mm -hmm. I think that guy, it it is a blow to Winnipeg to lose him off their third line.
1: Yeah. It seems that that's what it really was. You know, the the exposure of high contracts, high value contracts, simply because of flat cap, as you had mentioned earlier. Yeah. The and the Kraken avoided Carey Price, Tarasenko, P.K. Subban. That would have been a shitty pick.
0: He is, what, one year? One year at $9 million, or is it two? Who knows, that's a shitty pick. Would have been rough.
1: Ryan Johansson or Matthew Shane, both would have been shitty picks. Terrible. Voracek, I don't really mind Voracek. Jason Zucker. He's like, I don't think Jason Zucker's bad either.
0: Jason Zucker, I don't hate.
1: Zucker, I
0: brandon Tanev, jason zucker brandon Tanev's making two million less i think for three years less it gives them a chance to negotiate a a different contract with him rather while they they might seem stuck with zucker who is aging yeah but yeah zucker would have been affordable i think voracek at making eight what eight two five eight seven five is that's expensive right I, yeah, I I think that's expensive. I, JVR at seven million for three more years is fine for me. I would have had no problem taking that contract, but I looked at Voracek's and I shook my head right away.
1: The Krakens forwards are looking a little light. They're looking a little light. They're missing some high-end guys. In fact, they're missing a high end guy. They're missing any high end guy.
0: They're missing a true number one center.
1: Yeah, they're missing a lot of centers. I think they're weak down the middle and they're not really that strong on the top side of the wings either. Nope. But I think that their defense are extremely deep. And Very much so. Overly deep, probably because they want a horde defense to flip them. I think they'll probably flip Giordano. It seems everyone has pointed to him going to the New York Rangers.
0: That's a a very popular rumor.
1: And I wonder if they could get back maybe someone like Heatle.
0: That'd be a very a very good pickup.
1: Right. To maybe start moving up in that center position for them. Mm -hmm. And on their goalies, they've got Chris Dreger who they picked from the Florida Panthers was amazing last year he's got a sick deal three years 3.5 million
0: he's gonna be the 1a guy
1: their 1b is gonna be vitek vanacek who's coming from washington capitals who
0: also had a pretty solid rookie had year. a
1: pretty yeah he was decent he wasn't amazing he was decent he was decent Dreger was absolutely fantastic though I had him on fantasy yeah shouts out he won me many categories
0: he had insane 926 save percentage and 2 uh 218 goals against average uh, through what, 41 games in his NHL career
1: fifth amongst qualifying goalies from last season and he earns 3.3 points 3. or 3.5
0: now
1: 3.5 and their third backup is joy decord from the ottawa centers who looks like he's gonna have a promising career as well a lot of people are saying he might end up being the starter quickly yep and banachek will probably be getting flipped over the next year or two with decord and drager being the one two though so who's gonna be one and who's gonna be two will just depend on who is playing better at the time because this Joey Decord kid people are saying he's pretty damn good
0: saying he uh, he may have been the best goalie in the Ottawa Senators franchise yep. if they did not lose him so Seattle you got a lot of hope a lot of hope uh down your or for eight you got a lot of hope in your goalie depth also d- the defense signings Adam Larson had a great contract, four years by four million. I love that. I heard Edmonton offered him around the same amount, but he just didn't want to stick around. So, you know, there's a lot of arguments that go in there. Maybe he just didn't fit with them. But over in Seattle, he's going to get a fresh start, projected to be the number one right D in Seattle. Behind him, Jamie Alexiak signing a very similar deal, I believe five years Mm. at 4.6 million so those on your right side you got two big strong defensive d shut down priority guys sided with mark giordano and vince dunn vince dunn's had a lot of talk about him since last year yeah is he still on his his entry level contract or he's getting a pretty cheap contract right now but your depth down there is then carson soucy hayden flurry and jeremy Lozon on the right side right. this defense core looks insane yeah It's a a strong defensive team. Also, their bottom six forwards look insane.
1: And they have some other guys, too, like Hayden Fleury's there and his brother, Kale Fleury,
0: who, you know, depending on if they want to
1: keep those guys above or play them, uh, could be getting flipped. Very much so. I don't see what Vince Dunn's deal is at the moment, but I don't think he's on his ELC. I believe he signed something. Maybe a $2 million something. And let's say that they trade away some of these guys. They're going to have even more cap space available. Right now, the Seattle Kraken have about $30 million in cap space. They could sign some serious players, including Dougie Hamilton. Doesn't seem like they'll get Alex Ovechkin. They could sign Landis i would say they'd be in the running to pay a lot of money for taylor hall however as we talked earlier in this episode it looks like they're going for physicality and taylor hall is certainly not a physical player i've also read today that taylor hall might be coming close to signing a four-year six million dollar deal with the boston bruins which makes me wonder why the fuck the Maple believes haven't offered him the same thing because yep. he's from here he, will, he I, I assume he would have to come unless he doesn't want the spotlight I've heard he's like a guy that often says he doesn't want to be the number one guy on a team he doesn't like all eyes on him he wants to be the number two guy mm-hmm. and he wouldn't even be the number two or three or four guy on the least. he would probably be the five guy but I wonder if being on the fifth guy in Toronto
0: is too low down the totem pole
1: no i wonder if that's still too much in toronto yeah the pressure right. of being the fifth guy in toronto is probably like being the pressure of the second guy in carolina
0: right well it's gonna be well especially after last year if you're coming in in that position to be you know the first line or second line left wing you, there's the pressure that you're supposed to be the guy to to get the team through the playoffs right it's a Boost them to that next level, and yeah, it's a good point. That might be what is throwing him off.
1: So, I think it's unlikely Seattle Kraken signed Zach Hyman. It seems like he'll be with either the Leafs, the Oilers, or somewhere else in Canada, potentially yeah. the Calgary Flames.
0: Also, a, a very likely destination, apparently.
1: I mean, I don't think that the Seattle Kraken would be in the Tyson Berry market. It seems like they're looking for physicality, especially from the defenseman. Tyson And offensive D yeah. is not a big, scary guy. And no. you, he's a defenseman where you kind of more so favor big, scary guys. So I doubt they'll be in on Tyson Berry. How about Phil Deneau? Do you think that the Kraken could be in on Phil Deneau? I mean, Deneau recently turned down a six-year $30 million deal from the Habs right before this season. Uh... So that's about $5 million a year, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, would you do that if you were the Kraken? $5 million for Phil Deneau? 100%. Yeah, you're in the Western By Conference. By six years? Yeah.
0: I, I would do that every day.
1: If I was the Leafs, I would do that.
0: I would do that every... You can play him on your second line, easy. And he is your resident second, third line center. And he, he plays every PK. He takes every important face off. He takes every important face off. He's... On for against every first line in the league, and then that first line scoring for them becomes ten times harder instantly.
1: Yeah, I think he could be a first line center without being a number one guy. Okay, so you play him on your first line with Eberle, and then you make a significant, and then you get Landeskog. That's a serviceable first line. Yep, that's a really serviceable first line.
0: That is very true. You offer Landeskog nine by eight by seven. I wanted them to, it sounds funny. I wanted them to draft him from from Colorado, and then give him nine by eight and just have him sign there. I think, I think, you know, that that's a possibility that they could have gone with.
1: I could also see Seattle being in the market for Jaden Schwartz, who it seems he's unlikely to re-sign with St. Louis. Yep. I like Schwartz as a player. I think he is probably on the decline. But he's certainly a good, a decent, and a relatively serviceable second-line center on probably any team in the league. And he's going to score some goals. I had him in fantasy for the start of last year up until he got injured. In which case I dropped him. But I did have him on my roster. I wanted him on my roster. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just coming off a $5 million deal. I don't know how long that deal was, but what do you think he would get now?
0: Probably something similar. The the, the issue with Jaden uh, Jaden Schwartz is his injury problems. In the last four and the four of his last six seasons, he's been he's missed double digit number of games due to injury, right? So some teams may be hesitant to cash in and pay him a lot of money for a long for a long term, even though he's only 29 because of his injury problems throughout his early, I guess, early mid-career in the NHL. I I could see him getting a 5x5 or a 4x5. Taylor Hall getting signed 6x4, I don't think Jaden Schwartz gets paid more than Taylor Hall. No, no way. I think $5
1: million is too much, actually. Too much, really. Because, so two years ago in 2019-2020 he got 57 points in 71 games for a total of 22 goals, 35 assists. 57 points isn't nothing, you know? That's... If if you're paying a guy 5 million and he gets you 60 points, that's... You're pretty excited about that. But he misses 11 games. The year before, he misses 13. The year before, he misses... 10. No, 20.
0: Oh, 20. No, 20
1: year before he misses no 19 yeah 20 we can't do math this is a good (laughs) podcast the year before he misses four the year before oh that was a half year whatever but this year in 2020 2021 40 games played out of how many was in the season 56 56 and he gets 20 points
0: that's yeah you're right that's kind of that's a rough rough showing on your contract year
1: 3 million. I'll give him 3 million for 2 years and be happy about that. You hope he can play on your Can't second line. play for Toronto. No, no, no. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. But if I was Seattle, I would sign Jaden Schwartz.
0: Jaden <sighs> Schwartz. It's, it's a tough one, dude. Jaden to Schwartz. It's like a bit of a mouthful. <sighs>
1: I would sign him for two years at $3 million to three point five. If I'm feeling a little confident in him that his recovery is fine, he won't be injured, I'd even maybe pay him four. He's going to be on the second line, and you are not planning to win.
0: Kyle Palmieri is also a guy that uh, the Seattle Kraken may look to bring in on a two or three year deal to play in their top six on the right wing. Maybe their second line or third line, actually he's been on pace or he's averaged 30 goals per 82 games in his first five seasons as a double this last year was a rough one but also the Devils sucked a lot this year um he scored on pace to get another 30 and 82 throughout the playoffs this year so that's it that is a valuable scoring two-way right winger that. Seattle could really look to sign for maybe a two-year deal at four yeah. or five million bucks, four and a half million bucks.
1: I definitely think they could be in the market for him because of his play style. I also think they could be on the market for Brandon Saad, who is probably not going to re-sign with Colorado because they have to spend that money on Kel McCarr, or hopefully their captain,
0: Landeskog, yep. and Grubauer. Jeez. And then McKinnon's up in two years. Ooh.
1: Bad time. So they Brandon lost
0: Graves. Oh,
1: Brandon Saad is uh, probably not gonna be staying there. So maybe probably not. Did. So you know what? If I was the Seattle Kraken, I'd probably rather sign Brandon Saad
0: than Jane Schwartz, just because of how I'm playing. Yeah, his shooting percentage was off the charts this year. Or I guess last year. There's also Nick Foligno,
1: who I'd probably want to sign. Mikhail Granlund, I'd probably want to sign. Oh, I wouldn't... A lot of these defense that Tatar? are available, I wouldn't sign. Because you see, got good defense. Not Tatar, I don't think. You'd probably go for Schwartz before Tatar.
0: Really? I feel like Tatar is more of a goal scorer.
1: What? Look at his stats.
0: Just throughout the league, he's known to be kind of like a, a pure goal scorer kind of guy. And he's had a rough couple of years, or a rough year, with uh, the Canadians. That could just be the team that he's on. They're a very defensive team. But this team needs some scoring. They need another top six left winger. Right now, it's just Josh Bailey. Unless you want Jared McCann in your top six, which is very possible.
1: Yeah, but I thought we're talking about Brandon Saad here. So, but the option is Brandon Saad or Jake Schwartz or right. Thomas Tatar. Right. And I'm saying you'd probably rather... Like, Schwartz had a better year than Tatar... Kinda, or... No, Tatar had a better year than
0: Schwartz. Yep.
1: I don't know, what what did Saad do? So, Tatar got 30 points in 50 games.
0: Which is not awful.
1: No, that's decent. That's, that's, you know, you're pretty happy with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Saad had 24 points, but 15 goals. So, you want goals. He got more than Tatar. And we know Schwartz got 20 points in 40 games. So, you know what? Any of them, it's really, really any of them. Mike Hoffman's available if you want some scoring. I don't know. He didn't really do great in, in St. Louis. Nope,
0: he had a rough, a rough go of it.
1: <clears throat> but it seems like they're going to have to make some trades. Yep. And I don't know what they're going to be trading. It seems like these guys are going to have to be losers before they're winners. And I feel like they could have jo- done a better job being losers by flipping superstars like Tarasenko and Voracek and Weber or Price. But that's just me. This is, this also isn't NHL 21. This is,
0: yeah, it's not NHL 21. Not and, and the teams that had those players on their teams, you know, like St. Louis couldn't get rid of Tarasenko they were trying to trade him that was well known really? they, they were trying to trade him before the draft because they didn't want to protect him and he wanted to leave i did not know he wanted to leave and they couldn't find anything so i bet you seattle thought about that when they were looking at tarasenko and said to themselves all right if seattle can't do or not seattle if uh st louis can't do this we probably can't do this or they they're not willing to retain two and a half million dollars for the next three Ward, years Ward to make his contract more affordable for whatever team is buying, right? And that could be the same case for JVR or Voracek, even Max Domi, right? Like that's a bit of a gamble. He had a terrible, terrible year in in Columbus.
1: Nah, I wouldn't go for someone like that. Dude, I don't know, but I'm, I'm excited to see the 32nd team play this year. We're only a couple months away. I'm really excited how much hockey there's been recently.
0: I know, it's been nice.
1: It's not like that usual really long gap.
0: No, well, uh, I wasn't paying attention to hockey too much when Vegas expanded into the league. So this is a whole new adventure for me. I'm excited to see what happens over the next couple days. Then whenever a free agency hits, I'm sure it's going to be a bit of a frenzy. GM of Toronto Kyle Dubas has stated that he is going all-in or betting everything on the Leafs winning this upcoming season, so it's them winning or him losing his job is the way I interpret that.
1: It seems like we'll probably be losing our first round pick again, but I'm down to try I give Fuck. We'll make another episode about that in addition to what the Leafs have to do to have a fighting chance this upcoming season. One to get it out of our division in the playoffs, but two to get through the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're probably the favorites again for next year. I agree. Overall, Charlie, how do you feel about Seattle's expansion? What would you rate Ron Francis's job on picking a t- picking players from teams so far?
0: I'd give it like a B to a B plus, like 75 to 78. You got a really great decor and a promising some promising prospect depth as well as a very as very as as well as some very solid goalie and forward depth however you are missing you missed out rather i think on some really big chances to get a lot in return for some pieces that could have been flipped if you are willing to lose and looking to lose right now You know, you get more picks and more chances to get good guys in the draft. I think it's worth it. And Ron Francis should have explored that idea a little bit more. I'll give him a B plus.
1: I'll give him an F for not taking Travis Dermott. That would have been jokes to have to see Travis Dermott fly across the country and deal with all of that. Because... And yeah, like, I don't really... (laughs) I just don't think he's... He's such a decent player, but, like, on your third line, you just want a fucking big, scary guy. You want David Savard, not Travis Dermott. You want a big guy, not a little puss. And Travis Dermott's probably not even that little... Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, This is a Good Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like the the episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Yes. Leave a review and do the same things even if you didn't like the episode especially if you didn't like the episode then go do those things you can also follow us on social media at a good hockey podcast we're not on instagram we're probably on twitter it's probably at good hockey pod yep you really you shouldn't follow us because we don't post shit on there anyways but you're supposed to say that shit when you do these types of outros definitely oh, yep. so we've heard
0: yeah the twitter yeah. and the instagram and- YouTube and uh, what else is there? TikTok and uh, all that shit. Really, I guess the only one that matters would be Medium, right? Medium at Good Hockey.
1: Oh yeah, we started posting blogs at Medium, so we're at Medium.com slash Good Hockey. Really, what matters the most is like subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or oh, both. Well, yeah, ideally both. If you have both, and leaving a review. And, send, cool.
0: and you need to send this to your other friends who are like chill dudes and hockey stuff. And then like play it again to make sure you got all the info and probably play it while you're sleeping on no volume just because it's, it's really good for your phone and your brain and stuff. And kiss your mother, tell her you love her.